Welcome to the second episode of Heads Up, where we're talking today about procrastination. This is something that we see coming up with lots of students as counsellors at Bath. So we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the features of it and some ideas for managing it. So just to introduce ourselves, I'm Effie, I'm a counsellor at Bath. Hi, I'm Nicola. I'm um, a student counsellor working with Effie and Paul. Hi, I'm Paul, one of the counsellors too on the team. So I think most of us recognise procrastination as, as a behaviour, so something that you do or don't do. Uh, and it, it might be putting things off, uh, delaying important jobs, things that feel either difficult or challenging in some way. Uh, avoiding getting going with with something that you that you want to do, doing things very last minute, and then panicking and and getting very anxious and stressed as a result. I think for people who procrastinate, there is initially a feeling of relief and instant gratification when you decide that you're going to put something off and do it another time. But then it 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 catches up with us. We really are only delaying it and we know that we have to confront it at some point when we eventually do it's usually much more stressful than it could have been if you think of a student doing a an essay at very last minute right up into the deadline and they're really frantic and really stressed um and everybody around them has done it in really good time and they're getting good night's sleep i think that is a classic idea of pro what procrastination is and so while in, in the moment it can feel like a good idea uh, long term it can have some quite serious consequences so people often end up really underperforming because they haven't had enough time uh, or people end up feeling not good enough or they might think that they are just really lazy or stupid it can be a big contributing factor to low self-esteem uh, and people often feel really frustrated with themselves and, and often quite cross because for some reason they they can't seem to do the thing that is really important, the thing that they want to do and need to do. And so we're, we're going to have a think today about how procrastination works and, and some of the mechanisms of it, why we do it, why it can feel so compulsive and how we can break the cycle. So Nick and Paul, you've been here for quite a few years and you've worked with lots of students who've experienced procrastination in some way. Why do you think it sometimes is a bit of a problem for students at Bath? Yeah, thanks, Effie. When I think about procrastination, I think of it really as having or showing itself in two different ways, having two, two different forms. Sometimes there's some overlap between the two, but this is just the way I tend to think about it. Sometimes there can be a real fear energy in it. So there's real fear underlying that procrastination, which, of course, people can often criticise themselves for as being lazy or incompetent, as you were saying. But actually, maybe there's real fear underlying it. it can be really common to see people who procrastinate also have a real tendency to be hard on themselves, to be those kinds of people who are striving for what might be impossibly high standards. And sometimes that can have its roots right back in childhood. So if we grow up being made to believe that in order to win the kind of recognition and even love that we want and yearn for from our parents, we have to be exceptional. 
You know, we have to accomplish great things. We have to prove over and over again that we're the smart people we've been told we are and that we've been praised for. And, and we come to see ourselves maybe as not enough as we are. And we have to keep on over and over uh, achieving these high standards or even being perfect. And over time, while that can serve a purpose up to a point, it can become a real problem. It's certainly not sustainable um, because anything below that perfect outcome or that gold standard can feel like a failure. So it becomes or it can become a lot easier uh, not to try or at least to put things off because to try is to risk failure. And that can be really paralyzing. So I think often procrastination and a kind of unhealthy perfectionism go, go hand in hand and that creates a real feeling of fear that, that can stop people moving forward. And then the other way that I see procrastination showing itself is yeah, there's a different kind of energy to it, maybe a sort of depressed energy, or maybe that's lack of energy. It's, it's a sort of lack of motivation so that the task at hand can feel just like too much effort, that it doesn't matter, it doesn't feel worthwhile, it doesn't feel meaningful. And often that can be because the task itself, the assignment itself, is really out of keeping with what's important to us so in, a, in, a, in other words it isn't meaningful and I think that's another way that procrastination can show itself and be something that's uh, maybe at a deeper level underlying the the tendency to put things off and just I mean just kind of coming at this from a really basic nervous system level you know when there is this fear in the system we tend to respond in you know two main different ways and one is that sense of panic that you were talking about Effie you know when we're panicking and we literally can't do anything because we're kind of offline and the other response the nervous system response if we're thinking about it through that lens is to collapse when the fear is too great we collapse we give up you know, we spend the day under the duvet rather than actually doing the thing that we, we need to do. And I've, I've noticed uh, a lot of this going on in, in lockdown. You know, lockdown or well, the pandemic has, uh, on a really kind of societal level, on a global level, I think it's, it's created a lot of trauma for people. And I think that this is having an impact on our nervous systems. And I think that many of our students who are struggling to do what they need to do in lockdown, it's also as a result of their nervous system just kind of going into that collapse mode, as well as perhaps losing that sense of what's meaningful for them, as well as losing structure, routine, all of the things that we know support people to do the things that they need to do. So to summarise, what, what we're saying is that procrastination takes many different forms, but, but at the heart of it is an avoidance of something that is in some way challenging that we would really rather not avoid. So we've thought a little bit about the different ways in which procrastination manifests and how it can be very easy to get caught up in a bit of a whirlwind of different emotions. But the question really is, what can we do about it? And what can we do to, to manage procrastination when we experience it? Nick, can you, can you shed some light on, on this? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think where I would probably start just thinking about myself, but also with, with the people I work with, is to um, encourage 
some curiosity to get people to be really tuning into what their mind is telling them. So what thoughts are popping into their mind, what feelings are around. So what emotions might be around that are kind of leading to procrastination. Um, And also, you know, noticing how those feelings manifest in the body. So noticing physical sensations. So kind of really tuning into the present experience, what's happening right here, right now. I think that's where I would start. Mm. And I guess I guess understanding yourself a bit better in, in the moment. And I guess the problem is that it all happens quite fast when we're in the moment, when we encounter something really stressful and difficult and we start to panic and become quite emotional. And suddenly tidying a sock drawer feels much more urgent than than the work that we actually really want to do so is there a way of slowing this whole process down would you say just so that we can examine things a bit a bit more clearly I mean yeah I I I would start with with kind of grounding I suppose with coming into the present moment um Paul I don't know if you have got any thoughts about that how we might do that yeah well often procrastination can really create overwhelming feelings can't it It can almost be a kind of a panicky panicky feeling and sometimes it can be helpful before actually moving on and taking any action just to pause just to slow down for a moment just to uh, ground ourselves come into contact with our own bodies actually and sometimes using the physical senses can be a really good way to do that so maybe it's just a case of taking two or three slow deliberate breaths just to tune into the breathing or just to notice the contact between our body and the floor or the seat whatever's supporting ourselves just to to feel grounded and use that as a moment just to notice the thoughts and feelings that are around without having to do anything about them, but just to kind of acknowledge what's there and and notice it because maybe there is real fear of failure or maybe there is a real lack of um, connection with what's important. Maybe that is going on, but it can take uh, a few moments um, of tuning into that to recognize it and that can bring us out of that panicky kind of reaction and the urge to do something whether it's to to distract ourselves with some other task or to sort of frantically throw ourselves into the thing we've been putting off uh, just to pause just for a moment that's a kind of act of self-compassion yeah so I, I guess it's about understanding what those influences are finding a way to slow down so that we can see what is happening for us and and being very honest with ourselves about what we're experiencing and, and thinking and feeling. And, and as you say, it could be fear of failure. It could be even fear of success. It could be a feeling of boredom, or it could be that the, the task just feels really huge, really insurmountable. And in which case, once we know what it is, we, we can problem solve around it a bit better. And there yeah, are certain things that, that... that pause actually is often a, a prerequisite, actually. So before moving into doing mode, just take take a moment to actually do nothing and just yeah. pause and just notice what's going on. And maybe then that gives gives us a way to uh, to to be kind to ourselves if we can acknowledge what is difficult here. Yeah. And so it's the remembering to pause in the first place, maybe, that, that is the, the trick. Yeah. And then out of that, you're practicing what what works and, and putting into place maybe certain practical steps that, that could help. 
I think it can help often to be accountable to other people when you're when you're working on your own, especially if you're on your own at home during lockdown. If you share your goals and and what you are aiming to get done with other people, with friends or family, then it it can help you to feel a bit more accountable and and a bit more motivated. Getting rid of distractions, as many distractions as possible. The things that you know tend to grab your attention. There are lots of apps for concentration and focus apps that you can have on your phone uh we'll we'll put a few links to that um on on the website somewhere and i think sometimes just getting going just starting a job just committing to do it for five minutes can be really helpful so setting a timer on your phone and then just doing it and often you know just doing it for five minutes means that it's much easier to, to carry on with it and maybe thinking about prioritizing and and working out what is really urgent what is really important what needs doing now so there are there are lots of different ideas out there for practical solutions to procrastination you know those are just just a few yeah and and effie i'd like to just build on something you said there one of the points you were making was about taking things step by step and i really support that i think there can be a tendency so often especially when taking on um or starting or envisaging starting a big task to just look at the outcome where do i need to get to in the end and sometimes that can be so far off in time or can seem so daunting that that can actually be the thing that stops us taking action and sometimes there's something to be said for just focusing on the next step in the process so rather than starting at a and looking right ahead to z and feeling daunted by that just look at the the intermediate steps on the way and then do each step well so do your job well what is under your control what can you do well that takes you to that next intermediate step and that can be enough actually you do not have to achieve the final outcome all in one go just take Mm. it step by step which is which is very very basic but not always easy to put into practice I think especially if you have a bit of a perfectionist streak because you want to do it all straight away and it has to be perfect. It's quite a black and white mindset, but actually really breaking it down into manageable goals can be quite a powerful tool, I think. And Nick, you you said something about compassion and and being kind to yourself. Can you expand a bit on that? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. I want to, you know, I I think you're right about breaking things down, but I also want to zoom out to talk about something else I think is really important here and that's the issue of, of values but let's just hold that for a, for a moment yeah I mean you've mentioned it Paul you've mentioned it Effie part of the problem here is the strong self-critical voice that can can really beat us up about not doing the thing that we should be doing and and how we work with that and I guess just a, a kind of simple befriending a simple actually acknowledging that we're scared and actually it it feels tough you know and I'm you know we're human beings and and this is part of being human what was coming to mind was uh, Tara Brack who has created uh, an acronym called RAIN and I I find it really helpful to help me to bring that self-compassion in to this process so she talks about Rain. So the R is recognize. So this is what Paul was talking about, um, what we've all been talking about, recognizing what's here. The A of rain is accepting what's here. So we're not trying to change it. We're just kind of being with it, being with our fear, being with our discomfort. 
the I of RAIN is investigate. So get curious about it. And actually getting curious about what's here can give us more information, which can then enable us to take those steps that we need to take that you've spoken to, Effie. And then the N of RAIN is nurture or nourish. So that's just that reminder to actually be kind, be kind to ourselves in this process. So that's RAIN. What about that big picture that you, you mm. mentioned and, and, and using that as a, as a yeah. tool? I guess it's, it's this issue of, of tuning into what's important to us. So if we are aware of what drives us, you know, what really matters deep down, what's the why of what we're doing, that can sometimes help us to get back on track to do the thing that we need to do. So if we're talking about writing an assignment that's going to contribute to our degree, then actually to sort of zoom out a little bit and think, well, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Ah, okay, I'm doing this degree because I want to go out into the world and make a difference. That's ultimately why I'm doing what I'm doing. So sometimes just tuning into that big picture can help us to make that choice towards doing the thing that's going to move us in the direction of being who we want to be and living the life we want to lead. So I think values are really important in this, in this picture. Yes. And, and Nick, I just, just want to add on to that. I think that's really important. And if, if it is the case that we have um, established that this task at hand is in tune with, with what's important to us, and yet we're still beset by uh, fears, anxieties, or feelings of not not having motivation to move ahead a lack of energy can we still move ahead in spite of those things or even with those things and this is this is where i find um a technique that we sometimes use in counseling called diffusion diffusion to be useful so if you think of fusion as being caught up with your thoughts and feelings allowing them to kind of dominate uh, your internal world and rule what you do in other words leads you to put things off or to not do things altogether uh, and, and that would be thought of as fusion actually there's something we can do called defusion which is essentially uh, not being hooked by stepping away from finding some distance from those thoughts and feelings letting them come and go so that we can move ahead anyway and take valued and meaningful action anyway and there's a whole range of ways uh, of doing that but it really does start with what we've been saying this kind of foundation of becoming aware of tuning into the thoughts and feelings letting them in letting them be there and then the diffusion part is letting them come and go and there's a whole range of ways of, of doing that so paul diffusion sounds really good it sounds like something that might really help can you give us a bit of an example of what that might look like? Yes, it's one of those things that probably sounds good as a concept, but actually comes to life when you actually get into some nitty gritty ways of actually practicing it. So just to talk you through one example, for those of you listening, maybe just take a moment to think of a thought that your mind uh, often generates, something that really holds you back from doing the thing you want to do, gets in the way repeatedly. It's one of those thoughts that comes up again and again. And now just take a moment, either actually do this or just imagine doing it, writing that thought down. And if you can actually do it, this is, this is really helpful. So pen and paper comes in handy here, uh, either now or afterwards. Write that thought down on the piece of paper. 
might be a simple phrase. I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to manage it. I'm going to mess it up, whatever it might be. So just write that thought down on a piece of paper and just take a moment to look at it. Just look at it there in, in black and white in front of you. And does that in any way, and it might not, but does that in any way change your relationship with that thought, seeing it written down there in front of you? And then as a next step, just put speech marks around it. So start and end of that phrase. And just look at it with speech marks around it. Does that change your relationship with that thought? And then either just to the left or above the thought, just write a phrase. I'm having the thought that. So that's a, a kind of prefix to your debilitating thought. And again, just have a think about does that does that change your relationship to that thought? And then as a next step, either above or to the left of what you've written, write, I noticed that. So what you'll end up with is a, is a phrase that starts, I noticed that, I'm having the thought that. And then you've got your, your hot thought there. And again, does that change your relationship with, with that thought? Just say the whole thing to yourself. So that's just a really simple example. I noticed that, I'm having the thought that. As a signature diffusion technique, really, it's a way of finding some distance or putting some distance between ourselves and a thought rather than becoming hooked, hooked up by it, by coming caught up in it, becoming preoccupied with it to the extent that it rules what we do. And it's a way of just finding that distance that can enable us to maybe make a different choice, just creates that possibility. And there's a ton of techniques for diffusion, some as simple as that, some more involved that might involve uh, more reflective mindfulness practices, but some are really simple, really practical, and can be really good, quick go-tos if you're finding yourself overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings, including in the area of procrastination, but not limited to that. So that, there's an example of diffusion. There's a ton of them on the internet. Just, just search on diffusion. Uh, and maybe also uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, which is where this technique is lifted from. Thanks, Paul. That was great. And thank you for listening. We really hope that you found it helpful and, and interesting. You know, procrastination is a really complicated thing in, in many ways, but it's well worth exploring it and trying to understand it a little bit better. Something that, that I found quite helpful is an, an image that Mark Twain, the writer, used. I think he must have had difficulties with, with his writing and getting his writing done. But he said that if you start every day by eating a big frog live, then everything that you do for the rest of the day is going to seem really easy and pleasant in comparison. And so the idea is that if you, if you do the difficult, boring, horrible, urgent job straight away, if you eat the big frog first, then the rest of the day will be easy and not filled with panic. And, and I think that is my, my kind of takeaway lesson. <laughs> so thank you for listening to this podcast today. We hope that you found it helpful and interesting. If you have any comments on it or suggestions for the next one, then we would really appreciate hearing them. So do get in touch with us. Just email listening at bath.ac.uk with any comments that you might have. And if you wanted to get involved, that would also be great. So 
goodbye from us and look after yourselves and see you for the next one.